You are very welcome back to Spin Now on a Spin Southwest. And we are feeling very privileged and lucky this morning to have an absolute epic guest join us live. The hero, the legend that is Paul O'Connell. He is a former Monster captain, a former Irish captain, a former Lions captain, a proud young Monster man, and of course, a proud Limerick man as well. So, Paul, thank you ever so much for joining us on Spin. Thanks for having me, Louise. Paul, we're here to talk about an incredible, incredible investment in Limerick. Um, it has been all over the headlines for the last week. 30 million euro worth of a rugby experience, a museum. It's being built here in the heart of Limerick City on O'Connell Street. It can only mean great things for the city. And I'd imagine for you, it's very, very exciting. Yeah, it is very exciting. I suppose the, the vast majority of that 30 million is spent on the building which is a pretty beautiful building um, on 40 and 41 O'Connell Street. Whenever I describe it to anyone, where is it? I, I say it's beside the Jasmine Palace and everyone from Limerick and outside of Limerick seems to know exactly where it is then. So it, it's a beautiful building and it's going to be an incredible civic space for the city. Um, the international rugby experience will be located in it. So the, the, the building has been designed by Neil McLaughlin Architects, a Dublin guy who's now based in London and, and has done some fantastic work. Uh, and then the inside of the building is curated by a company called Event Communications, uh, who do, you know, they've done the Hans Christian Andersen Museum in Denmark. They've been involved in the Titanic Museum, the Guinness Storehouse and, and a lot of other mu museums as well. So ours is an experience though. It isn't a museum. It's it's a kind of a digitally interactive experience where I suppose you get to the game of rugby and the sport of rugby and the stories behind rugby get brought to life. So it's very exciting and, and hopefully it brings footfall um, and hopefully it, it brings people to the city centre of Limerick. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I think anyone that's familiar with Limerick will have probably seen it. Um, it's in progress at the moment. It looks really impressive. It's red brick. Uh, I know that word on the ground, people have kind of been saying, oh, look, that's the Paul O'Connell Museum. And uh, it's kind of being dubbed the Paul O'Connell Museum. So I'd imagine that's not the idea. It's a digitally interactive experience. So tell us a little bit more about like what's actually going to be in what's going to be in the museum. Yeah, well, there's seven floors, there's 30,000 square feet. And uh, I suppose there's two kind of stories running through the museum. You know, the first one is the, the, the rugby player's journey from grassroots to legendary status, um, whereby, uh, you know, everything that's involved in the game from the first day you pick up the ball to the day to, to the story of some of the legendary players of the game and everything in between. I mean, from coaching to the bag men to the to the people involved in the sport and and then i suppose that story is told through the five values of world rugby which oh, i hope i don't give around passion solidarity respect respect uh discipline i'm after leaving one of them out and and we 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 use kind of players from the game kind of these legendary players and people from the game, the likes of Willie John McBride or the likes of Nigel Owens or the, or the likes of Dan Carter. We use these these players from the game to tell these stories. And, um, um, uh, you know, it, it's a really exciting uh, design. I mean, the building is something that's really easy to see. Once you once you look at it on paper, it's you can see this is going to be a spectacular building. There's a lot of, I suppose, civic spaces that people uh, companies or people can rent out to use as well so it'll have good value for people of the city but when you look at the i suppose the inside and what it's going to be made up of it's a little bit harder to imagine but 
some of the ideas that event communications have presented to us and have in 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 place at the moment are, are pretty spectacular and they should be incredible you know not just for adults who love rugby or or not just for kids who love rugby but people who like sports um i i think will really enjoy any sport at all will really enjoy the the experience so uh, hopefully, as I said, it brings new eyes to Limerick City, but hopefully it brings new eyes to, to rugby as well. How big a win is this for Monster Rugby first and then I guess Irish Rugby? Because it's this is the first kind of museum or attraction of its type in Ireland. So I'd imagine for sports fans alike, this will be somewhere they would love to come and they'll, they'll make it their business to make a weekend out of it or a night or a day to come to Limerick, especially for this experience. Yeah, that's what you'd love. And when you speak to tourism bodies, they talk about having, you know, three or four uh, things that a, a person or a family can do in an area. And that's what attracts them to an area. That's what makes them stay a night or maybe two nights. So I suppose we have, you know, the Hump Museum, we've King John's Castle, we've one Ratty Castle out the road, you you know, you've Ballyhora, you've Adair, um, you know, you've Tolman Park, you've the Gaelic Grounds. Um, and it's just about tagging little things on or, or, or big things in this case that can make Limerick a really attractive destination for people. Yeah, absolutely. And do you envisage people will travel from overseas to visit it? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Um, uh, it, it's hard to know, but uh, I think it's a pretty attractive part of the world down here. We've obviously become the kind of gateway now to the wild Atlantic way. And uh, it's it's just another thing that attracts people to, to Limerick and Limerick City. And uh, um, I think it's a building and it's an experience. It's something that Limerick people can really be proud of and show off, uh, you know, and bring people to. Uh, so listen, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. We're really excited and we're going to work really hard at making it a success. Yeah, for sure. I think we'll be shouting for a long time about our 30 million euro Paul O'Connell Museum. There's no doubt about that. But uh, I've got to ask, you know, you, you mentioned Limerick there, like we are the gateway to the Wild Atlantic Way. I think that Limerick has never looked as good. Uh, maybe it's a silver lining to come out of the pandemic. People have been saying the city's looking great. What are your own hopes and aspirations? You're obviously still based here in Limerick City. You live yeah. here with your family. You know, where would you like to see the city going? Yeah, well, I, I suppose... You know, the, the museum, or, or sorry, the international rugby experience, you know, it wouldn't happen but without J.P. McManus and, and the J.P. McManus charitable entities who are paying for it um, and, and will pay for the running of it as well. And I suppose J.P. is like me. He lives in Limerick. He wants it to be an attractive city. And for, for me, when I think, what do I, what do I want from Limerick City? I want it to be an exciting place to go into. Uh, I want it to be a fun place to go into with lots to do. I want... A, a, a nice atmosphere to be in the city um and and you know i think we're really perfectly placed for that to happen i mean you know some cities are just too big traffic uh congestion price uh, you know expense is always going to be a challenge for really big cities i i think we're in a, a lovely sweet spot in terms of the size of the city um that it can be uh, you know, it can be a real busy place with a lot going on, a lot of places to eat, a lot of places to have coffee, places to shop, places to meet people, um, places to people watch, um, and, and a place that I suppose businesses want to come and, and set up because, uh, you know, people can have a real good, their employees can have a real good quality of life there. And uh, that's my, that's what I always 
gets me excited about Limerick is our potential. I suppose we need to maybe start, I suppose, fulfilling some of that potential now. Um, but uh, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for I'm excited for the future of Limerick City. When you see some of the projects that that are going on, um, we probably need to get them off the ground a little bit quicker and get them moving quicker. But when a lot of these things are done, we're going to have a really exciting place to live. Yeah, I think so. And look, as a young person, I live right in the middle of Limerick City Centre, and I love it. But it sometimes frustrates me not to see city centre buildings being used for accommodation does that annoy you or frustrate you I mean we've lovely suburbs and it seems to be where people settle but our inner city is underutilised I think when it comes to accommodation yeah it probably is underutilised and that's what makes a vibrant city isn't it people and a mixture of people and people with different tastes and different things and you can always find your tribe there you know if you have a whole mixture of people in a city and uh um and, and that's what that that's that's I suppose what we'd love to see happening to the city is just if for it to be a really vibrant, exciting place to go where people love spending time. Um that's that's where I'd love to see see the city going. And you've got to be innovative and you've got to be brave to do that. When you look at some of the things that are happening in in, in Dunleary, right down up in Dublin around uh pedestrianization and, and some of the things they're doing you look at some of the things that uh they do in in cities in holland you do look at some of the things they've done in cork recently it's pretty innovative and uh i suppose we we have to follow suit and make the place an exciting place to live yeah, no doubt about it. And I think that, look, you're a great ambassador and you're doing that all the time. And this museum will do just that as well. It's a massive win for Limerick, a great win for Munster. Dare I say, there's going to be a lot of hype around Munster in in autumn 2022. I know you're primarily involved with the Irish team at the moment, but, you know, your first love, I'd imagine, is still Munster. So do you think that there will be a lot of hype around things like the museum, Simon Zebo coming back to Munster, all of these things that are going to be making headlines? Is that a good thing for Munster Rugby? Well, well I don't think... The, the, the international rugby experience it's an experience Louise not a museum um, uh, I don't think that's going to affect Munster in the short term hopefully it converts some people to rugby or, or gets some people to pick up a ball and play rugby and we see a few rugby extra rugby players playing the game in time I don't think it's going to affect Munster in, in, in the short term I think probably what's exciting for Munster is they did some great business over the last few years in signing Joey Carberry and, and signing R.G. Schneiman. And very unluckily for them, you know, they spent a lot of the time they've been here on the sidelines. And it looks like they might be, uh, I suppose, fit for next season and injury free. Um, it's great to have Simon Zebo coming back. The captain of the Irish under-20s was a Munster guy called Alex Kendallin, who looks to be a fantastic player as well. And, uh, you know, in a rugby world where where... Uh, I suppose, you know, it's more and more uncertain. I do think the Irish provinces have a, have a big thing going for them in that there's that GA attitude where guys are playing for the teams they want to play for, they grew up supporting. A few other guys dotted in from maybe around the country and abroad as well. But um, And I think Munster have a good coaching staff, settled coaching staff who work incredibly hard. So, Hopefully they can capitalise on some of the good decisions now they've made over the last number of years. Yeah, for sure. And and what about you, Paul? How are you finding life on the opposite side of the white lines? Do you miss it? Um, yeah, I, I always, I think at the start, you, you're glad at the break when you finish playing. But I must say, I, I, I do miss playing now. Um, and and uh, 
I've said that for quite some time. Um, coaching is nice. It gets you back in the environment. Um, it's a lot harder work. I suppose physically not as hard, but uh, there's a lot more hours. Uh, there's a lot more brain space taken up. Uh, your work is never done, really. You know, you're, you're always trying to think uh, of, of how to improve the team or how to improve players or how to improve um how to improve or, or what the opposition might be doing or how they might be trying to get ahead so you're always you're always thinking your mind is always occupied with the job but it's very enjoyable uh, being involved with Ireland you you just these highly motivated very smart players um um so they're great guys to work with coaching staff are excellent to work with as well and we have a great facility we train in the high performance center in Abbottstown in Dublin which wasn't there when I played you know, we have things like indoor pitches, we have a fantastic gym, uh, meeting areas, which we haven't had uh, the opportunity really to use due to COVID. But it's a it's a great facility. And that's been a big, I suppose, new thing for me since I've come into the camp in the last seven or eight months. So um, so it's been really enjoyable and hopefully we can have some success now. Yeah, hopefully. And I mean, it's probably exciting for you as well to have a little bit of control on the coaching side of things. Do you think like, I know you mentioned some of those new Monsters signings last year. Do you see any of those lads maybe making the cut for the Irish team this year? Simon Zebo, will he be back in an Irish shirt? Can I ask? Well, I'm sure he, if, if he plays well, he has every chance. You know, he has a, a fantastic skill set, which any team, you know, club side or international side would covet. Uh, he has a lovely uh, way about him. He has a lovely way of playing the game. I think he relaxes people with his attitude and his demeanour. Um, so I think it's fantastic he's back. And uh, I'm sure if he plays well uh, and he manages to get a starting place at Munster and Munster go well, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will. He will challenge for a place with the Irish team. Happy days. Well, look, there's so many exciting days ahead. There's no doubt about it. And I'm sure as a Limerick man, Paul, you are so proud and excited for the sporting success we've been having as a city. I know we're at Southwest Station, so I'm not forgetting our other fantastic Southwesterly counterparts. But I do think this weekend is special for Limerick because uh, we obviously have our Olympians returning from Tokyo. Limerick are doing some great things. The hurlers are in action this evening. They're playing Waterford in the semi-final. Obviously, that clashes with the Lions' third test. I'm sure you'll be very excited to watch that. Will you be watching both, Paul? I don't know. Yeah, I'll have them both recorded. Yeah. I'll have them both recorded and we'll end up watching both of them for sure. But uh, I'll probably watch the Lions game live. Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm really eager to see what happens in that game. Um, but I, I must say I love watching the Limerick hurling team. They're just, they're such a pleasure to watch in every way. Um, you know, even the way they conduct themselves after they won their first start Ireland, I think they was so impressive um, and, and to watch them playing last or, you know, two or three weeks ago after that, uh, when they were 10 points down to Tipperary, the way they came back was incredible. They seem to have great self-belief. They're incredibly well conditioned um, um, and uh, they're, they're a real joy to watch. They're, you know, we, we, we've great reason to be proud. We're, we're a great sporting county and city and it's great to have a, a hurling team now that we can be so proud of. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, there there is some fantastic scenes and stories when you look at parishes like Patrick's Well, you know, they have the likes of Kean Lynch, who's doing incredibly well for the hurlers. And then, you know, Conor Murray following in your own footsteps and uh, captaining the Lions. Yeah, I think, you know, what's so great about the hurling is how well how well run it is and how how hard they've had to work 
to get to this stage. And it just shows that, you know, if you can, I suppose, harness volunteerism, if you can get people who who are willing to think for the long term, how much value can you can get out of it? Uh, you know, some teams can get lucky and, and, and win something once. I think when you look at the hurlers, there's been a real long term plan put in place there. Um, and and that's what's that's what I'd be most proud of is that we're I suppose we're all watching something that has been so well planned, so well run. So it's great. And uh, Connor, you know, Connor Murray being from Patrick as well, he's probably he'd probably want to watch the Limerick match more than he'd want to. Uh, he, he'd love if there was no clash. He'd love to be, I'd say, playing the Lions match and then heading to a bar to watch the Limerick match on, on his phone or something like that. But that's life. Uh, I know he loves his hurling and he loves Patrick as well as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, look, Paul, we, we, we're so grateful for you taking your time to sit down and to chat with us today. Uh, we usually ask our regular sports punter, Dahi Boland, to call it the sporting fixtures, what the results will be on a Saturday. So we're going to throw it over to you. Uh, I mean, I've got to ask you what you reckon the outcome will be for the Lions. I know it's their third and final test and the one that is most important. So do you see them winning? Yeah, I, you know, I do fancy them to win. I mean, Whenever I've been on a line store, the last week of the tour is is generally you barely train at all because you have so many injuries and the team picks itself because you have so many injuries. It's just basically the guys that are still standing. And it was hard to believe I read today that the 40 players trained for the lines on Tuesday. Um, so from a health point of view, they're in a very good place and they're able to pick their strongest team. They have a few things they need to resolve from the game last week. I think they can resolve those. And then they need to score some tries. They do have the quality of, of player to create and score tries. Um, and they need to do that. So I think the fact that they, they're just, they're so fit. They seem to be in such a good place, kind of from a, a squad point of view. Um, I do fancy them to win at the weekend. But the thing about it is... It, it, the bounce of the ball against South Africa is massive. And if South Africa get a lead in a game, there's very few other teams like them. You know, I mean, the Lions did a great job in the first test to come back from 12-3 down. But generally speaking, if South Africa get a lead in a game, they're very hard to pull back in. And I think uh, I think that's a challenge for the Lions to get off to a good start, uh, get a lead themselves, make South Africa play. And um, I think they could win it. I think they will win it. Brilliant. OK, well, well, we'll take your word for a poll because I reckon it's like uh, something from the Bible when you talk. So uh, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us on Spin Southwest. We are so excited here in the Southwest for the 30 million euro investment, the experience that is going to be called the International Rugby Experience. It's going to be coming to O'Connell Street in the heart of Limerick City. And uh, it is certainly a very, very exciting time for rugby and sports fans alike. So the legend Paul O'Connell, thank you so much for chatting with us this morning on Spin Now.